You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday afternoon, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro, who's the Deputy Chairman of Sassarin Securities in Johannesburg. And David, I saw some tweets over the weekend that you'd been doing some mm. work on impairments mm. and write-offs and that sort of thing mm. from South mm. African companies. You mentioned Gourmet Burger Kitchen and others. And yeah. you obviously yeah. got to be in your bonnet about it. Mm-hmm. I have. And, and you know what upsets me, and, and we've spoken about this quite often, yes. is that when I looked at the write-downs, admittedly some are associated with a virus, mm. coronavirus, and yeah. the fact that you can't operate, but a lot are errors. A lot of those that I mentioned are errors, and there are more. You know, I can give you a whole list. And the point is that what you do is you merely write them down. So while we're all writing down these impairments and the banks are making provisions against uh, uh, doubtful debts or, or you know, bad debts, whatever it is, um, we throw in a whole lot of other stuff as well. And I went through them quite religiously. Yes. And there, there are lots of others. You know, it's not only it, – it's bad investments that have been made. Uh, Bitcore, sorry, made a bad investment or a rather dodgy one in Spain. Uh, Supergroup have made them. Marion Roberts have made them. They're all right counts. And I'm saying, hold on a sec. You know, it's all very well for you to impair it and for your auditors to say impair it. But what happens when you impair, Lindsay? It vanishes. It goes off. The balance sheet. No okay. one sees it anymore. On so the, my complaint, okay. No, on this day, before you go on, on this day, which is so, a bank holiday in the UK, and it's a fairly quiet day on the JSC, I need you to explain in Economics 101 or CA 101 what a write-down is, what a provision is, what an okay. impairment is. So please tell me from the start, where do, you, where do you want to start? With impairments? What is an impairment? So an impairment is where you write down an asset. So if you bought it for $100 million, yes, but... Uh, it's not fulfilling the reasons for which you bought it. In other words, let's take Lake Charles as being a, an issue where um, Sassel spent something like 12.5 billion or 250 million rand on this, uh, 250 billion rand, sorry, on a plant in Lake Charles. And suddenly this uh, doesn't give the kind of returns. It doesn't produce the product that it wanted, or if it does do it, it's not reaching anywhere near the returns that it expected. So what you do is you write down the investment so that it measures against the kind of income you're producing. Are you with me? In no, other words, no, I'm not. You, and and, and okay. investors aren't as well. All right. uh, what you've no. done is you've in, invested in something that has lost money. That's what you're saying. It's, it's, well, why does it lose money? Is because when you invested $250 billion, you expected, call it, 10%, you expected $250 million in returns, okay, to justify the $250 billion. But you're only getting $100 million. Therefore, you can't say that this is worth $250 billion. All that it's worth now is $100 million or $100 billion. Mm. Are, you, are you with me? So you've got to take it down from 250 to 100 which happens, which the market does automatically. But all you're doing, you know, the market will do it in the market price. But all you're doing is you're realigning the market price with your uh, balance sheet, with the assets on your books. And that's what's happening now is that, yes, the market has already responded to the bad decisions that um, investors have made. The danger comes with the years ahead. Okay, what happens in the years ahead? 
we've written it down to 100 billion, and I'm using the fictitious amount now. Yes. Uh, and, and we've written it down. So as things start to improve, everybody gets very carried away with the fact that we're now starting to make a return. But what we forget is that we originally paid or shareholders originally paid $250 billion for it. So my whole point is that it's all very well to, to write down these assets, you know, to, to, to impair them, which is the word that they use. And it's a simple journal entry in, in the books of account. Uh, it's, so while it's all very well to do that, there's no reminder of the, sma- the mistakes that management made. And that's what I'm saying. Hold on a sec. It's all very well for us to, to write down these assets to where the market thinks they are and which reflect the kind of returns we're making, but it doesn't, it doesn't uh, remind you of the mistakes that, that uh, management has made. So that's why I always joke with you. I'm saying, yes, Lindsay, sorry, I bought you Sassel at 500 Rand a share. Mm. It's only worth 150. Do you mind if I write it down in your portfolio? From now on, your portfolio is going to reflect 150 as the cost. And then next year it goes up to 200. So, oh, well done! You know, you've taken it up from 150 to 200. What you do? What? what, what what's, there's no reminder that I actually bought them for you at 500. That's that's a simple way of explaining. It's a simple way of saying that people are being ripped off. Um, so what you're saying totally. is that you're saying is that somebody uh, like myself, a broadcaster, a simple broadcaster, sees a set of results and it says headline earnings per share up three percent, revenue yep. down four percent, and then you, you go down and it says impairments and write downs yep. are 200 million and you think to yourself well, well what is that you see the bottom okay. line and the and the top line but in the middle there's something yeah. called impairments and write downs and people don't understand that they want to no. know that you bought this thing for 200 or 100 yeah. and it's now worth 10 or 20 this is ridiculous i don't understand how people can be sucked into this and if you have a look at sassel for example which is a great example i mean obviously lake charles mm. has just been hit by this extraordinary hurricane and, and everything else but it was an injudicious investment and all they all they do is they say well we've impaired it or we've um, we've written mm. it down what does that mean to people in other words you ripped us off because you have exactly your your management mm. has been injudicious with its investment philosophy yes exactly now i'm going to give you i'm looking through sun international at the moment right Right. So if you look at the headline loss, it's 231 cents versus plus 128. So in other words, last last year they earned 128 and now Mm. they're they're losing 210. Is that what you're saying? Per share? 231. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's horrible. That's a terrible result. But let me take you one line up and it says loss earnings per share. Now, this is this is the number that you will submit to the registrar of companies. This is your real income and uh, statement and balance sheet. In other words, this tells you the true position of the company, not the massage position for shareholders or for investors like or broadcasters. What does it say? So let's, let me go back again in case I misled you with the numbers. 128 is what they earned last year in headline. Per share. 231, yeah, 231 minus is this year. Now let's go to earnings. 132 is what they earned last year minus 894. Oh, my goodness. So that's, yeah, that's four times. 
Now, I haven't gone through the full numbers, but I'm just trying to give you a comparison of the earnings of the true set of numbers in the balance sheet versus the massage numbers. So what is that 891? That 600 in there are one-off entries, write-downs, <laughs> and, and, and all the impairments that we are talking about. So you get the picture. <laughs> and I'm saying, hold on a sec. <laughs> Those impairments are just going to vanish. And from next year, we look at the company and say, oh, last year they earned only minus 231. Oh, they've done well. We don't say, oh, they earn minus 894 because the balance of those earnings, I mean, it's an awful result. They've been shared by shareholders. Shareholders are paid for that. It's been shareholders' money that has been ripped off. Okay, forgive Sun International. They're in a very difficult position because um, they were locked out. I mean, their, their hotels were closed for three, four, five months. There's nothing that they could do. So I'm being probably a little harsh on, on the business, you know, but I'm trying to illustrate the difference in accounting. So I look at that and, and that I look at what shareholder money that has been invested in this company has just been written off and, 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 and lost forever. It's gone. So, you know, I'm getting very carried away. I'm getting very angry at the moment about these write-offs, and I'm saying I don't look at headline anymore. I look at earnings because that's giving me a much truer pos position of management's capabilities and what's really happening in the underlying business. Do you know what you should do and what we should do is we should mm -hmm. have a weekly show that says uh, this is it, uh, this is what they say, and this is what it really yeah. is because you are a CA and you're, yeah. you've got 50, 60 years of experience in this market, mm -hmm. and we should say – this is what it really means. This mm. is the dissemination of the information that we've been put. I, I'm yeah. starting to get angry now after what you've yeah. just said. And you would you would make a fortune if you had a, if you had a <laughs> subscription service to this because people don't understand. They say, oh, no, we've nah. written this off. We've written uh, 1.2 billion off. What does that mean you've written it off? What does that actually mean, for goodness sake? Who are you? In other words, you, you made a crap decision. And we've we've suffered because of it. The share was five hundred. It's now one thirty. It's ridiculous. So, so when you go and you look, go go have a look at companies like Breit, who just wiped out oh, their entire God. share. They, they, and they, they were so they, flashy they, as well. You know what? Before you go uh, on, they uh, were so flashy about it, which really well, annoys sure. me as well. I mean, and 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 what happens? Nothing. <laughs> you know, there's 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 no reckless trading. Uh, brought against them or charges brought against them. They just wiped out billions. And so you go on to that, and we've got a whole lot of other businesses that, uh, you know, we can list where huge amounts of shareholder money, shareholder funds have just been written off. Mm. And what happens is we have a, we have a, we, we, and analysts today are soft. You know, they're youngsters that work for institutions, they write reports. They try to sell, uh, they go to clients and try and attract them in. But there's no, uh, they never attack management. Do you know what I mean? They never, ever go at management because they're scared. It's a very, very closed society. You know, it's a very tight society. It's very clubby here. So nobody really takes a go at, um, at these businesses. I think Peter Armitage did from Anchor. Yeah. You know, he came out and, and, and wrote an article and just explained how much has been written off. But um, that's why I get cross, and then the community comes down on me, you know, because <laughs> youngsters go into CLC. They spend – they wipe out 5 billion rand in two years, not even. 
gone. <laughs> on CLC. You know, poor boy, they're still in charge. They haven't lost their jobs. No, <laughs> but, but who's, lost, who's lost the money? The shareholders. Well, the shareholders. Yeah. The shares went down from 26 rand to 3 rand. Oh, too bad. How many Sorry. companies How many companies would you say that have oh. wiped out 80%, 90% of oh. shareholder wealth? I, you know, we go to EOH. We go to CLC. There's, there, there are a number. We go to um, Sassel. Um, I'll, I'll go through a whole list here, Lindsay. There's, there's just so many. And uh, I, I, I could take, um, you know, I've, I've got the uh, high moral ground because I never invested in any of these. No. But for poor people who go went into them, mm. you know, I'm, 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 look, city lodges, unfortunate. There are companies there that have been hurt by, uh, by COVID as well. But, I mean, if we go through a number of these businesses like, uh, you know, like EOH, Tonga. I mean, it's worth 600, 600 million. Why? Because the, the directors finicked their accounts. What did the stock exchange do? They took a ruler, you know, at school and gave them a slap on their palms, you know, and said, mm. naughty boys, you know. And, and so you've got, uh, you've got a company like Huleman, which, which um, it was worth billions. It's worth 345 million today. I mean, that's nothing. So there's so many businesses where, Massive amounts have been just wiped out. Woolworths, <laughs> okay. <laughs> look at look what they did. Went to David Jones, wrote it off in two three years, gone. Billions of rands spent <laughs> that it just vanished. Woolworths goes into office in the UK, one or two years. Sorry, write it down, you know, or, or write it down uh, by significant amounts. I haven't got the numbers in front of me, but uh, um, you know, it's very easy to put up uh, to put a situation like that. Answer me this. Answer, answer me mm. this, David. Who's at fault? Obviously, management. Obviously, vainglorious, mm. arrogant management. South African people yep. that think they could go yep. off to the UK and go exactly. off to Australia and do their thing. But mm. is it also the fault of the asset management industry for saying we support you? Surely they should sit down and so, say uh, during this process because they own seven point eight percent of the company or something and say, wait a second, what are you doing here? Doesn't the asset yeah. management industry have a responsibility to mm. its shareholders or its stakeholders or its investors to? To actually say, wait a moment here. Let's let's have a look before you do this deal. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Totally. Oh, absolutely. You're dead right. They don't say anything. Why? Because it's passive. You know, most of the most of the instruments uh, on the stock exchange are passive, so nobody really complains and nobody really moans uh, about these. And also, these are relatively small companies compared with the top end of the market, which dictates or dominates the overall indices. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They, so, so these are mid-range companies. But, uh, I mean, if we look at, at, at some of the deals that the retailers have done, from Woolworths to Trueworths, um, which other ones have we got? There, there? Look, at, look at the Edgar story. I mean, that was a, <laughs> a buyout story. I mean, it's just tragic. Okay, you know, it, 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 it uh, went off the market, so there was no direct losses, but what the banks lost on that, and, and so on. And even, even so, I think the PRC came in to bail them out, and massive amounts lost there. So, so when you say the PRC, what you're talking about here is South African Pension 
funds. Mm. That's what you're talking about. The PIC exactly. is not mm. not people like you and I and everyone else that we speak to mm-hmm. every single day and everyone thinks, oh, you know, well, he, he knows about this and he knows about that. This has nothing to do with that. This is to do yeah. with the fact that people have put their savings in. If they're if lucky enough to have mm. a job in South Africa, they mm. put a, a certain amount of their wages into a pension fund and this is this is being denuded their wealth is being degraded mm. by the decisions yeah. that you've just yeah. described over the last few yeah. minutes. Totally. Absolutely. It's disgusting. So, no, I, look, I, I feel very strongly about it. I, you know, I've, uh, and, and, and it's, it's masked or camouflaged by the all share index and the indices here, which, which don't reflect what's really happening in that, that area of the market. Mm. I mean, Steinhoff was a classic case. Um, in an absolute classic case of, um, of, of, of management malfeasance, of, of, uh, just crookery, of just gangsterism. Yeah. And nothing's been done about them. But no one suffered. No one suffered. Has anybody lost their job because they invested in Steinhoff? No. The person that was the institutor of that, the demise of that company, which was a house of cards from day one almost, I mean, we didn't know about it, is now still sitting in a, a fancy house with a Bentley. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, and don't, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it's old mutual. In 1998, 1999, they went off to London. What the damage they did, the amount of money they wrote off of shareholders, they back now. Everything's been, everything's been uh, unfolded. You know, it's been uh, unbundled, all the damage they did. And they now back in Cape Town, et cetera, trading, et cetera. But no one ever, you know, no one ever suffered as a result of the billions that were written off by their very, very poor judgment. So, and, and it's easy. I'd love to be in that situation. I'd love to be a CEO, you know, just – with shareholders' money, I can be extremely charitable with it. You know what I mean? I can be very brave. I can do all the kinds of deals that I want. Anyway, yeah. I, I, you and know, you can I don't, host I don't an, think... You can host an yeah. evening at the country yeah. club and say, well, I'm giving 100000 uh, to this charity and 50000 to this one, etc., with other people's money. That's what it is. It's other mm. people's money, and you are not yeah. accountable. That's what you're saying. Mm-mm. Exactly. And that's why I'm taking up the story, and I, I, I haven't got the, you know, the, yeah, this is the kind of outlet, but uh, to express it, and I'm very happy to be challenged by anybody, mm-hmm. but but I'm saying that, you know, every time I look at a set of results now, uh, I don't accept the headline earnings number. I want to see what's, what's, you know, below the bonnet, what's, uh, you know, what's under the hood, as they say. I want to see what's driving the company and, and what has been written off and lost. How much of that is due to the, res- to the issues that we've got at the moment, which are very difficult, I understand that, but what are due to, to really misjudgment of, of management? How many companies have gone into Africa and just written off Tiger Brands? <laughs> but listen, they don't do it over time. Hey? You know, I wouldn't mind if it, took a, if it was a 10-year drip, but it's not. It goes fast, gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tiger a, Brands, two, two and a half. I don't know how many billions they lost in Nigeria. With the don't go to business, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Someone said to me, if you're a corporate advisor, 
It was about probably four or five years ago. They said, if you're a corporate advisor and you see that a South African company is coming, they say, mm -hmm. right, well, we think we want to sell it for 100. But when you see a South African, <laughs> we're going to make it 150 <laughs> or, or 175. And I mean, I'm not being nasty because South African boardrooms in general are, are pretty mm. good and they're populated by very well versed people <laughs> but goodness me david it it's almost as though we became in london circles nah. anyway and i'm not being nasty we became a bit of a joke they saw us coming well, and he, they he, and they took us i always ask the question when a company does a deal mm. where did that originate you know in other words was it an organic deal no of did, course it wasn't in other words the board of directors sit around and they say you know we need to expand this division Let's go have a look to see whether we can find something that fits in. You know, are you, under, you understand? Let's go here. And in other words, it's generated from within. Or does someone knock on their door and say, look, you know, here I am, fancy Oxford accent from, uh, you know, from the UK. I've got a very nicely tailored suit. <laughs> and I walk in with a fancy accent and I completely mesmerize these poor old boers and uh, I sell them a deal. Do you understand what I'm saying? I know exactly. What and they and they and they end up buying the bigger. They end up buying the biggest load of crap. <laughs> you know. And so where does it originate? Where did that deal originate? Where did the gourmet you know, burger kitchen exactly come from? They I mean, how it, many? You know? How difficult is it to make a burger? It's, it's not as if you've suddenly yeah. invented the iPhone. Yeah. Exactly. You've got burgers coming out of every single mm. corner shop in the exactly. United Kingdom. You can make a burger. I watch the television. I watch the, the, the cooking channel, and I can make a burger. And if you've got a bit of money, you can make a burger as well and sell it on the street corner. And they spent billions on this thing. And it's a good burger. It's a great burger. I've been there. It's, it's a lovely burger. But, but how on earth did they justify that amount of money? I don't know. I, I used to give the same story with when Steinhoff was still floating, you know, it was still alive. And I used to go to the U.S. often, which I still do if I could. Yeah. And I used to see the mattress companies. In fact, it was called Sleepies before it became the mattress company. And I used to walk <laughs> past and I would see a room with lots of mattresses in there, you know. And one So they sell mattresses. Sleeping, uh, they sell mattresses sleeping behind the desk, you know. <laughs> so that, that, that's him. And, and, and Steinhoff go and pay an absolute fortune. I said, are they mad? I'm not even a corporate advisor. I've got no M&A uh, experience at all. All I could say is, they cook, you know, who would have bought this? And I used to walk around and see the sleepy stores and say, they're mad. You know, in, in other words, just from, uh, yeah, one can understand, you walk past a Louis Vuitton store or you walk past some of these uh, big brands and you can understand, oh, this is a powerful brand. You know, this, mm. has, got some, uh, this has got some weight, but, but sleepies. So, you know, you, you, you just shake your head and say, what am I not seeing? <laughs> you know? And that's the same with office. If you went to see which true at sport, if you walked along Bond Street or Oxford, no, it was Oxford, I think, and you're going to Oxford. No, not Bond Lewis? Street. No, definitely Oxford. Yes. No, no, it was no. Regent. Sorry, I think it was Regent. No, no, definitely uh, or, not. No, no, no. Let's talk Oxford Street now because mm. uh, office is, is, is pretty sort of low yeah. to mid-range. Mm. Yeah, go on. Yeah, exactly. You walk past and you see office. It's a shoe store. <laughs> you walk inside there and you say, sell oh, shoes. Yeah, here are a couple of shoes, sell shoes. Why would truers pay untold fortune for this. There is absolutely no competitive advantage that office had 
over anything else that was there on Oxford Street. So mm. anyway, and that's me <laughs> just just <laughs> you know, walking past on the way to Arsenal or wherever we were going or, you know, walking past a pub or whatever. Who knows? It's like, why would you ever pay money for this store? It's, it's a store. Yeah. Anyway. So, so that's it's a shop that's, that sells yeah. shoes mm. in an environment exactly. that is deteriorating. In other words, the high street. Totally. Oh. Anyway, totally. you've exhausted me, so David. No, you've ex- uh, no. Sorry I'm, I'm about sorry. that. No, you've exhausted me, and <laughs> there's so much to think about. <laughs> uh, and talking about Arsenal, uh, well done to Arsenal winning the Community Shield against Liverpool. Liverpool looked like a, a not a spent force, but certainly a tired mm. force. What did you think? We, 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 I, you know, I didn't know the game was on until you reminded me. Yes. And then I went back and watched it, and I was I was very impressed with Arsenal. They got youngsters there, but I agree with you. It wasn't Arsenal that impressed me. It was Liverpool that worried me. I don't think they got the same approach energy that they had last year. No. You could see it. They just they've done it. You know, they they yeah. it was a record breaking season for them. They did very very well, but they they looked very tired. Um, just there wasn't that bite and that energy that they had last year. You know, last year they were formidable. So, I, 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 if I was clock, I'd clock, clock. I'd be a little <laughs> clock. I'd be a little worried and say, hold on, how do I motivate them again? to emulate what they did last year. I it's think, going to be David, very difficult. I think what's happened is mm. that the, from the moment they won the title, they went downhill. Mm. I mean, uh-huh. because they had some games to play after they won the title. Yeah. And they got knocked out of the Champions League against uh, the Spanish team. Mm. Uh, Atletico. Atletico Madrid, yeah. Uh, and, but what I think has happened over, the, over the, the period is that the agents have been approached by other clubs. And I do believe that Virgil van Dijk and I do believe that Mo Salah, who mm. looked terrible on, on terrible. Saturday, he looked awful. He was completely anonymous. I think Mo Salah, Virgil van Dijk uh, have been approached and the agents have said, yeah. listen, Barcelona are getting 700 million. They're going to pay 150 million for you and yeah. you are going to get a million yeah. pounds a week or something. I think that's what's happened because these footballers, mm. they're not the cleverest people in the world. They're just motivated <laughs> by money and girls. Let's face Totally, totally, totally. At that kind of level, they they've got a very limited career. It's it's ten years, maybe. That's it, you know. So if they can maximise their earnings, um, of course they're going to do it. Mm. And uh, they've done it, you know. They've done it for Liverpool, but uh, I'm certainly see uh, Barcelona in a rebuilding stage, and and they're going to come and grab whoever they want. Yeah. So and it's a very appealing offer. You know, it's going to be big money, for, and 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 it's going to be very sad for Liverpool. I think Van Dijk particularly. The others they can replace, but I think I think that back line was so formidable. He was, you know, for me, he was uh, kind of Liverpool. He just didn't let anything go, and he allowed the others to break, you know, because uh, mm. he was so impenetrable. Yeah, he's brilliant. Anyway. But anyway, we'll talk about this at another stage. Uh, David Shapiro, yep. thank you very much for your time this afternoon. As always, that was Shapiro. <laughs> well, with David Shapiro from uh, Sassman Securities, and that, as I said, was Shapiro World. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position 
or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.